0: you Lord I want to speak this morning on a subject that I started just a little bit last week but I just felt like that the Lord want us to just rehash this and go over it a little bit more so if you have your Bibles ready and want to turn to the book of Isaiah and go to the ninth chapter book of Isaiah and just read the first uh, couple of verses The ninth chapter of Isaiah is one of the prolific chapters of the foretelling, prophetic of the Lord's coming and who he would be and who he was. Wonderful counselor, the mighty God, El Gabor, the father of eternity, the prince of peace. But beginning just before that in the first verse, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. When at first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. Verse 2 The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. I want to go to the book of Matthew. And there we will see a reading that is parallel to the book of Isaiah. So the fourth chapter of Matthew and the 13th verse. And leaving Nazareth, coming, he lived at Capernaum in the districts of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that might be fulfilled that spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the nations, the people sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those sitting in the region of the shadow of death light spring up to them and so i've got to go to john 8 a declaration that jesus made john 8:12 then jesus again spoke to them saying i am the light of the world another one of those i ams in the book of john i ego And me, I am the light of the world. He following me will in no way walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We ask you that your word will sink into our heart now, not just get through our ears. Lord, that we won't be distracted or tired. Sometimes, Lord, I know if we've worked all week and we're, we're kind of tired a little bit and it's easy to sink down, but Lord, let your words just minister into our ears, into our heart, and we pray it. We give you the thanks, Jesus. Amen. Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, the light of the world. Darkness does not exist. By itself in a unique physical entity. But darkness is simply the absence of life, of light. It's just the absence of light. Albert Einstein said it this way he said, Darkness is in reality the absence of light. We can study light. But we can't study darkness. Because darkness just exists by virtue of there is no light. It's not an entity, it does not have physical power. Consistent with Genesis, the first chapter, verse 1 through 4. Could you put that up there, Ronnie? Genesis, the first chapter, we talk about creation and where light came from. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters or hovered over the face of the waters and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And I think we could also just frame it this way. And God said, Let light be there. And light was there. Light's got an author, it's got a source, it's got a creation to it, it's got a base to it. Darkness does not. And where light is, darkness dissipates. You all know that. I mean, go into a dark room, turn on the light. I have in my little office, there's a two-second count. I don't know why, but the LED lights, they don't turn on instantly. So I turn on my light, and I can count one, two, and that comes on. Every bit of darkness that was in that room is gone. Just by just by that one single light, the entrance of light, the light and darkness do not blend. I know we can say, well, it's a little dim. We come in here on Saturday nights and we pray and we have these little lights on. We call them prayer lights. So we just turn on the little prayer lights and it's a little dim in here. But yet there is light. There is not total darkness. Total darkness is, is gone because even the prayer lights... They used to have a saying about you can curse the darkness or you can light a candle. Because one candle will drive darkness away. The thing I love about light is that darkness cannot overpower it. I mean, darkness can't come up and say, I'm going to just put out the light now. Never, as long as there is light. You can go in the deepest, if you've ever been in a cave, I don't know if there's any caves around here, but we used to go to some in, in California, Shasta Taverns, caverns, right? caverns, not taverns, and get down in there, and it was so dark, they would, like, cut the lights out, you, you could almost feel the darkness, just like a heavy blanket. But then you just turn one little tiny light on, and all of a sudden, It's not the same. Darkness has to flee. See, darkness doesn't have any strength of its own. It's empty and void. That's what the scripture said. Darkness was on the face of and it was empty and void, but creator God, Yahweh God, creator, creator of light and life. You know, without any light, there is no life and god creates light and then the scripture said the next one said and god separated the light from the darkness so you know we're going to go spiritually here but but we're talking about physically in creation right now but god separated them so they're not the same they don't mix together light is light darkness is darkness and so god made all light appear. So light is, if you've ever studied a little bit about light, it's, it's naturally activated by the result of nuclear fusion. Uh, we all know the sun is our source, our main source of light. That's, that's our main source. But it's a ball of fire. And I don't understand you know, all the physics about it, but I do know that as it burns... It produces both heat and light. And fire uh, is the source, primitive source of light for mankind. Fire, campfires, bonfires, torches, candles, lamps. Jesus talked a lot about lamps and, and burning of fire. And that's what they had until what, 1800s, they didn't know what electricity was, so they didn't know how to harness that, they didn't know how to make artificial light, so everything was candle, everything, uh, and you'd say, well, man, how did they do it by candlelight? I don't know, there were some brilliant people, and, and they did a lot of things, just it seemed like they didn't have the advantages we do, but now artificial light has been made, and we have, we have light bulbs with a filament in there, and They figured out how to put an electric charge through there, and that filament lights up and gives us light, and then later now in our age, we have LED, and LED pixels. You go home, and you turn on your television, and the pixels, I don't know how it works, but somehow they do whatever, and they bring light. Laser. Laser brings light. Artificially. But see, God God both made natural light for man in humanity. And He also made spiritual light. Both of them come from Him. He is the source of light. He could put out the sun. Just squeezing His fingers, put the sun out. But it sets in order by the power of His word. Can you say Amen? He holds all things together. Colossians first chapter. He holds all things together by the power of His word. So He set it in order and set light in order and set the sun and the moon and the stars in order and keeps them in order so that we may have the greater light in the day, the lesser not light in the night. The moon, but he also, he also is responsible for spiritual light. And so that's what we really want to talk about this morning is the spiritual light. Thank God for the scriptures which reveal light to us. They had a time in this world called the Dark Ages. The reason why it was called the Dark Ages is because the common person didn't have access to the Scriptures. And that really is what made it dark. That really where the light of God is not, there will be darkness. And So God makes revelation in His Word and it turns the light on in our Spirit. He makes both physical sun to shine, fire to burn, uh, candles and torches and all the things that men have used to bring light. He is the source of that, but He also is the source of spiritual light. And so John 1 explained it this way. Genesis, the first chapter, is going to talk about the natural light. John, the first chapter, is going to talk about the spiritual light coming on. And so John will say it this way the origins of all spiritual life, all things came into being because of him. In him was life, and the light, the life rather, was the light of men, and the light shined and shines in darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. And let me just interject. The darkness could not overtake it. The darkness cannot overtake it. It doesn't matter how dark this world gets, it cannot overtake the light of Jesus Christ. We're experiencing some times that look awful dark. It looks pretty hopeless in some areas around us. But the light of the gospel cannot be extinguished from any of the darkness. The light of the gospel goes on. Can you say amen? The light of the gospel supersedes. There is no darkness that can possibly overtake it, possibly subdue it, because darkness cannot, will not, God set it up, both physically and spiritually, that darkness cannot supersede over light. Jesus corresponds with it this way, I will build my church of me and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And this word prevail again just means to overtake it. There is no way that hell can overtake the church. There's no way that governments can overtake the church. There's no way administrations can overtake the church because the church is supported by the light of Jesus Christ. And so come what may Things may come, things may go, things may change, things may get worse. We may see things that just totally upset us to the core of our spirit. But never will there be a time when darkness will be allowed to overtake. It doesn't have the power, it doesn't have the authority. But Jesus Christ has the authority over all darkness. He is supreme light this morning. Can you say amen? So Isaiah, the ninth chapter, we read it because it gives us this pure revelation or picture of what is called not just the light, but the great light. Matthew revisits that. Matthew's writing to the Hebrew people in his gospel. Some suppose that it was originally written in Hebrew instead of Greek because it was addressed to the Hebrew people. But he revisits this because in their lifetime, they got to experience the fulfilling of the prophecy of Isaiah in the ninth chapter. That was fulfilled in their lifetime. From Galilee, by the way of the sea of Galilee. And and I, I really like this because this is how God works. Isaiah said, by the way of the sea. The Roman Empire, which captured uh, many hundred years before and captured all of Israel, renamed a lot of things. They put in a main road. And, you know, the Roman roads were were fixed so they could travel on them. They had, had mile markers. They were a little more advanced than even what we think. They were cobblestone. They they were good roads. They kept them. They had road crews that kept those roads and there was a road that came down from Galilee, and it came down by the way of the Sea of Galilee, and it ended up down all the way to the bottom of the nation, but, but it was called by the Romans the Via Maris, and those very words, is thrilling because... They didn't know it. They went back all the way to Isaiah because Isaiah called it the way of the sea. In, in the Roman language, in the Latin language, via maris means the way of the sea. And this is beautiful because it just completely fulfills what God said in Isaiah. What will come down from Galilee and Nazareth which was up in Galilee and that great light would come down for all the people to see. Matthew knew it well because Matthew stood at custom on the Via Maris. At Capernaum, they could not go by without meeting Matthew. He was the tax collector. And when Jesus saw him there, and so Matthew knew this road, this way, this prophetic word, and he relates it back to the Hebrew people. This is exactly What happened? The great light came down the first time. You want some like to call Christmas. we, We call it rather the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Out of Nazareth. What is Nazareth? This is also beautiful. It comes from the Hebrew word Nazar. And that Hebrew word is mentioned in Isaiah, the fourth chapter, the second verse, called the branch. In, in, uh, in our English translations, it's called the branch. But the, the Hebrew word is Nazar. And what does it mean? It means Jesse's root. It means the people of Jesse. And this is so beautiful because about 100 years B.C., the heritage of David, King David, came out of the nations and settled in the little town called Nazareth, the branch, the the people of Jesse. And so out of Nazar is going to come the light. See, God knows how to set everything up just in perfect order. And his scriptures, his prophetic word does come to pass. There's a lot of foolishness going on in this day called prophecy. And it doesn't come to pass. I just heard one of the so-called prophets the other day. He said, we don't measure prophecy by how accurate it is. Of course he doesn't because he's prophesied and prophesied and it hasn't come to pass. No, prophecy is measured by it coming fulfilled. And the word of God is measured by its fulfillment. Can you say amen? And so what Isaiah said, perfect. Perfect. Perfect in line. And so the Scriptures just begin to reveal that. So out of the town of Nazareth, and we can read the story in the book of Luke, how that they traveled, Joseph and Mary, and she was great with child. She was about ready to deliver in birth and gets to the town of Bethlehem. There is no room in the inn. And so I don't have time to go through this, but they go to the tower of the flock, Midgal Eder, and there the Christ child is born and He is laid in the manger where the priest would take the sacrificial sheep, bind them up, in clothes, in swaddling clothes, and lay them in the place they called the manger, which was in Migdal Eder. Perfectly designed by God, perfectly comes to pass. The first time the great light comes down, it is to be born out of Nazareth. The Scripture is clear: comes out of Nazareth, down the Via Maris. And to Bethlehem. Just like the scripture says. For the next 30 years. He will come out of Nazareth. Via Morris. All the way down. Take the exit. To Jerusalem. Because every. Child. Male child that's born according to the scripture. Must show up at the three feasts. And every year, the Lord is there. We only see it one time when He's 12 years old. We know that He was there. and The Scripture records that. But every year, they would make that travel. And He would come down with His parents. He would come down with His family. And down they would come from Nazareth. They would get on Capernaum. They would attach to the road there at the Via Maris. And down they would come by the way of the sea. And He always came by. He just was a man they looked at him as a man. They only knew him as a man. They knew him as a child first. He's growing up. Every year he comes in. Some of the priests, I'm sure, would remember from year to years he would grow up, and, and the next year he'd be stronger. And and the Scripture said that he grew in wisdom and spirit and might, and then then he would come the next year and the next year. But finally, as, as Luke recorded, at about the years of 30 years old. He went into the Jordan there. John baptized him and he is anointed. Acts ten thirty eight. He is anointed then. He is anointed into ministry. He is Christed. The word anointing in the Greek is the Christos. He is Christed at that point. He has never worked in Christ ministry. He's never worked as, as the Messiah. But now something is different. The next year that he comes down. He is going to come down not just as a young man, not just as a teenager, not just now as, as a 25, 30 year old man, but He will come down and there's something different about Him now. He is the great light. He proclaims of Himself, I am the light of the world. And the Scripture is perfectly fulfilled. Perfectly fulfilled. Again, the chances of one man fulfilling the prophetic word of God about Christ in the Old Testament is one in 10 to the 17th power. We don't even have a number for that. But Christ fulfilled it all, every bit, (laughs) not one jot. Not one word would pass that the light didn't fill at all. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. And the people which sat in darkness. I talked about this just a little bit last week. Judaism was what God had set up for the people, the way of worship for them until Christ came. Paul said that it was the pedagogue. It was the one who trained. Actually, I like to liken it to the bus driver. It wasn't really the teacher. He was the one that got him to the teacher. I rode on a lot of buses when I was a kid. The only thing they ever taught me was sit down and shut up. uh, But it took me to the teacher the bus the bus driver wasn't the teacher it was the pedagogue that took me to the teacher and so we got to christ see the light was dim in an old testament time the people sat in darkness because because spiritual darkness is the absence of light The reason why we were dead in our trespasses and sins is because we had no light. We were void of light in our life. We were, we were in darkness, in the kingdom of darkness. There was no light. We just went and did and whatever, whatever we felt, whatever we felt was good. That's what we did. It's how we lived the course of the world because there was no light. The Old Testament time, they sat in a darkness of absence of light. But the people sitting in darkness, they saw the great light. This was amazing. I mean, I, I think there were those that saw the light and were excited about it. There were those that saw the light and didn't want anything to do with it. But without Christ, without the coming of Christ, without that great one coming down by the way of the sea, via Maris and and exposing himself as the light of the world, there really was no hope, no light for those people. Without the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no light. And I think we would get in trouble. We would get churched if we promoted the idea that that Jesus really is the light of the church because the church has moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David, prophetically speaking, foretelling, says in Psalms 27.1, he says, Yahweh, Yahweh, the self-revealing one, is my light and my salvation. My Yeshua. Boy, I just can't hardly leave this because David, David understood some things that, that just went beyond his time, beyond his age, beyond his dimension, so to speak. He realized there was one coming who would be the light and the salvation. And his name would be Yeshua. He had all that wrapped up in his Psalms. He understood that and and But those sitting in darkness in Judaism were not aware of their hopeless condition. If you sit in darkness long enough, you will be conditioned to darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you sit there long enough, that will seem like the norm if you sit in church long enough and you don't hear a message of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll get conditioned to the darkness. That's why we cannot afford to have services here that there is no light. I'm not talking about these lights. I'm talking about the light of life. We can't afford to conduct a service that doesn't have any light because... It's just going to be steeped in darkness. But They saw the great light, and I think for many of them, it blinded them. They, It was like they saw it, but didn't understand it. No, we've got Judaism. We've got our way. We've got our connection with God. You don't have a connection with God outside Jesus Christ. There is no connection. No one comes. prostom patera or towards the Father outside of me, Jesus says. Interesting. Do you remember the Apostle Paul when he took the trip on the road to Damascus? What did he see? Somebody said he saw Jesus. No, wait, wait. Just a second. His report is a great light fell on me. Yeah, the great light changed his life. It wasn't just the recognition of something. It wasn't the recognition, well, well, the Lord talked to me. The Lord said something. The great light fell upon him and it totally changed his life. It changed his destination. It changed his view. It changed his thought. It did this thing we call repentance. Repentance is the Greek word metanora. It, It means to change your mind and when you get in the light of Jesus Christ, something begins to happen. You begin to change the way you think. You begin to see things differently because you never saw it before, but you got in the light and now you can see things you never saw before. And that's the light of Jesus Christ. See, seeing the light and receiving the light are two different things. It's Two different things. You can see the light and say, oh, that's, that's great. That's wonderful. And then walk off into the darkness. And I think there were so many that saw the light. I think about Hank Williams. He saw the light. Oh, yeah. Sang the song, I saw the light. I saw the light. And, but it didn't even deliver him out of the honky-tonks. He saw the light. But he didn't receive the light. And I think there were many people, oh, the Scripture bears that out. It said that, that He came to His own, His own received Him not. But, 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 but what? To as many as did receive Him? So this great light that came down to them sitting in darkness, they saw it. But most of them did not receive it, but to as many as did receive Him we got this old saying, Rodney says it once in a while. Information is not transformation. You can have all the information. I knew a guy that could quote, oh man, he put me to shame. He could quote so much of the New Testament. And he studied to do that. He was good at it. They said that Jack Van Impey could quote the whole New Testament. Closing years of Jack Van Impey's life, and I heard him preach and speak. He was so confused, I hope nobody listened to him. Totally confused. Information doesn't change you. Light itself does not change you. Unless you receive it. Can you say amen? So, there's a whole lot of people talking about John 3.16, Right? God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son whosoever believed in Him should not perish to have everlasting life. Even the world loves it. Hollywood will even quote that at times. They just don't want to wander down into the 19th verse. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love darkness more than the light. This is in the same chapter with John 3.16 For everyone practicing wickedness hates the light. It does not come to the light that his works may not be exposed. There's something about the light, it exposes us. Come on. Sometimes we don't want to you know want to shine that light too deep, man. It exposes some stuff there, but but then but the one doing truth comes to the light and his that his works might be revealed. That they have been worked in God, in our life. So many did not receive Him, but as many as did, He gave them authority. He gave them privilege to become the children of God. So there's a lot of people hearing the light. Don't want the light. They hear the light, don't want the light, don't want to receive it, but most of humanity will not receive the light, but to as many as do. And that's what you're doing here this morning. Can you say amen? I hope that's what you're doing here this morning, man. I tell you what, the world's going on. They're doing whatever. I don't know. They're watching football this morning. I don't know what they're doing. But you came here because you're looking for the light. You want the light of life inside of you. And so Jesus said this. Men do not light a lamp and put it under a grain bushel. So, you know, it'd be like a big basket, right? So you, you, you light a light, and put it down there, and put the basket over the top of it. Well, what, what good is that? But you put it on a lampstand, he said. So all the house will have light. That's a, just common thinking right there. That, just, that makes sense. And I want to let you know this. There is only one light in the house of God. There's one light. There's one main subject in the house of God. And we better get it right and we better keep it right. Because if we don't bring the light, then all we have is dimness and darkness in the house of God. The absence of Jesus Christ in the church will result in abject darkness. See, this light This light doesn't need any props. It doesn't need any church stuff. This light doesn't need to have stages and musical programs and and church building programs. We don't need user-friendly ideas to infiltrate into the church so that the church will function right, so that we can minister to everybody. Listen, if we're ministering about church, then we have darkness that we're ministering to them about. We don't need memorized praise songs. We don't need self-help messages. All that stuff is about keeping the club together. What we need is the great light. And we need it to shine in the church. Because God as good as I am as holy and right and righteous as I am, I need your light to shine in my life. Because I happen to be a human being. And I happen to be Be vulnerable to mistakes, vulnerable to wrong thinking, vulnerable. I need the light of Jesus Christ to shine. And so what we are going to preach here is not self-help. I've already tried to help myself and that didn't work out. So what I need is the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's just lift him up. If we lift Him up and put Him on the lampstand in the church, there's going to be light for everyone to see. Hallelujah. Then He goes on to say, Let your light so shine that men may see your good works. But He already said the work is of God. It's not. Listen, you, you can't make yourself righteous. Stop trying. Stop trying. I'm not saying, you know live like the the devil I'm not saying that but you cannot make yourself holy that's why we don't have out there on a sign holiness church because I can't make you holy you can't make you holy only the light can make you holy and so if we preach the light we preach this gospel of the light it's gonna do the work in our life and then so the Lord said let that light shine that He put in us ignited inside of our lives that it's, that it's not hidden because the world is going to be lost because the light is hidden to them. And so let your light shine that people may see the good works of God that He has done in you and in the church and it will touch their lives. Amen. And all the glory goes to the Lord, right? Glory doesn't go to if he extracts his light out of me, I'm just as lost. I just wander off into darkness. So thank God for his light. Can you say amen? So now I've got this participation part. and The Lord just kind of instructed me to go this direction. I want you to think real, real quick with me. As the Lord was kind of talking to me about this this week in my own personal life and so I want to read John 1 first uh, first John 1 a little bit just the segment. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Everybody believe that. Ultimate pure clean Source of light and life. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, you're a liar. I didn't make that up, and don't be offended. You're just a flat-footed, bald-faced liar. To say that you have fellowship with the Lord and you walk in darkness. it Light and dark, they don't agree. They're not friends. No, light and darkness aren't good buddies. Well, darkness, it's good to see you this morning. Will you please leave? No, light comes in. Get out of here. Darkness and light, it, it's like Jesus said, you know, sweet water and bitter water don't flow out of the same vessel. It's, it's the same idea. Light and darkness don't, you know, they're going to coexist in us. No, that's, that's not the will of God. But if we, if we say we have fellowship and we walk in darkness, we lie and we're not doing the truth. But, oh, I love this right here, but if. Everybody say if. Oh, that big conditional word, If. It's found so many times in the scriptures. Let me say this for our visitors. I haven't said it in a long time, so I say it for the home folks and the visitors. I was studying one day and I said, come run across this word if. It's just coming up all the time. I had that Old Testament. I got in there and I'm looking at that. And so so I have this this, this study, the English Bible, and it'll tell you how many, how many times a word is in uh, the books in the Bible. And so I'm saying if. I'm gonna tell you what, that old testament sure got a lot of ifs in it. There's enough ifs in the Old Testament for one for every two pages. It's just But then I got in the New Testament. So no, we're in the period of grace now, we're in the period of light and life. I found out that there's one if for every page in the New Testament. But if we walk in the light, so When you say if, that also offers that there is a negative of that, that you don't respond to that. You can respond to it, but you cannot respond to it. The wrong response is to walk in the darkness. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the only begotten, the blood of Jesus Christ, the man God incarnate upon earth, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Man, that is a beautiful thought. Walk in the light as He is in the light. But pastor, sometimes I'm trying to walk in the light and it just takes me unaware. I don't, hey, you're, you're, you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Even if you fail John said, I'm writing to you that you sin not, but if you do, we're walking in the light. And so darkness be gone, darkness get out. If darkness has touched us, it needs to go. If darkness has tried to get us, it needs to go. The light of the gospel needs to come up strong. It needs to put out and extinguish all the darkness in our life. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship. We have fellowship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, do you wonder sometimes why you don't feel like coming to church? Church would be that place when we call fellowship. Hmm. Maybe we're dealing with some dark things. I'm going to tell you what. As soon as you get discouraged, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to quit coming to church. That's the first thing. And then darkness begins to creep in. You lose the fellowship. You lose the fellowship with him eventually. You lose the fellowship with the brothers, then you lose the fellowship with him. And darkness is reigning in your life. So, we've got to be aware of the wiles of the enemy. Is that okay? It's okay this morning if I say, to Christian people, you need to be aware of the wiles of the enemy. Mm -hmm. So the Lord's talking to me about everything in my life being light and not dark. Because if we're going to conform to the image of Christ, that is what he said that we are doing. If we're going to conform to that image, can you imagine the Lord having any dark issues in his life? Like he's just got some things that, you know, it's just, it, I'm, he is so pure, so clean, so exposed. He doesn't care if the world sees him because he is the light. There's no darkness in him at all. Then I think about us sometimes and I say, Lord, help us. So we're going to pray in just a minute. But I want you, uh, because the Lord just, just, just began to talk to me about this. Everything in our life, Needs to be overcome with light. And, and you know what I'm talking about. Let, let me say this. You get a bad attitude and uh, really angry or something and, and you feel, it feels dark. It feels like a dark place. Amen? It feels like, ah, oh, I shouldn't be there. That's, that's not where I should be. And so the Lord says, everything in our life needs to be In light. So, there's this thing, obvious sin we know. You know, we know obvious sin. But then there's, there's some things about our heart. About our mind. Where the Lord said, you shall love me with what? All of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And sometimes we'll pick a couple and... Other things need to be in the light in our life. So I'm, I'm going I'm to put this out there and, and these are heart issues and mind issues and, and let me just talk about these briefly and then the good thing is we're going to have lunch. So don't get discouraged. Unforgiveness is a dark place. In fact, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive you. Whoa. It happens to Christian people. Sometimes we think it's for a good reason. Sometimes we think it's just deserved. But I'm going to tell you what it becomes in your life. It becomes a dark place. Obstinence. I'm going to do it my way. I see it my way. I'm going to think it my way. And, you know, God bless everybody. I'm going to do my th- The Obstinence becomes a dark place in the Christian life. I'm not saying you don't love the Lord. I'm not saying that... That you have denied the faith. I'm just saying there are some dark things that sometimes we need to deal with. Rodney's the only one saying, Yeah. Thank you, Rodney. We're gonna preach together right now. Christian people get jealous. Sorry, I, I'm not talking to anybody here. Is there a lot of people listening on online this morning? You know, we're talking to them. <laughs> Jealousy can get us. And it's just a dark place in our life. Okay, I'm not saying, oh, okay, you've denied the faith. You're going to hell because, you know, such and such got a new nice car and you ain't got one. No. Boy, I just wish I was, you know. Yeah, all that stuff. I'm not saying that's a heaven-hell issue. What I'm saying is a dark place. Pride. Pride. Years ago in the last church, we had a certain woman who had kids that said this. I'm not cleaning the bathrooms as we had the schedule where I'm not cleaning the bathrooms. Well, I don't want to let all you ladies know that we're going to have a list out there because you're going to walk in the light. Too, cloud, too proud to clean the bathrooms and your children use them? I thought this woman, I don't know. She never did. She never did clean the left the church and never did clean the bathrooms. Gossip and bitterness. Well, gossip is a result of bitterness. Do Christian people get bitter? Oh, man, I've been around this thing long enough to know Christian people get bitter. It's a dark place to walk in. It's a dark place. Skeptical and judgmental. Anybody here ever touched with that? Yeah, that person, you know. Uh, I just don't trust them. You don't even know them. Never met them. Don't know who they are or what they are. Kind of reminds me. I was, you know, we do watch the football, and 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 and, and the kid there that came out of. Uh, he he was playing yesterday, and Stroud. Yeah, his mom is in the stands. And they showed a picture of, her. oh, Jesus, Lord, oh, God. And he's out there. He said, he is a good, fine Christian man. And, and I don't like him. I never have. And I'm wrong. Just skeptical and judgmental, you know, that's how we are. That's just who I am. You need to walk in the light. Got, I'm not done. I got a couple more. Anybody here short-tempered? You love Jesus, but you've got a short fuse. It's just a dark spot. The Lord's not looking to turn you into hell. He's looking to turn the light on. Anybody here ever be vindictive? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to admit this. I'm the kind of guy that will shut my mouth. but I'm going to get you later. I'll catch up. I'll grin at you right now, but I'm going to catch up with you. And, and that's no place to live. It's just a dark spot. I mean, you don't love Jesus anymore? No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as Christians, we allow things, little dark things, to come in our life, and they can get big. They can get controlling in our life. I just thought about my grandma who's quoted the scripture to me and my brother as we were every day beating on each other and doing all this stuff. Uh She'd always quote, be kind one to another, tender hearted. And I'm like, but sometimes as Christians, we're just not kind. Anybody guilty? It's a dark place. So the Lord if we're created after the image of our Christ who is there is no darkness in him at all then I have to say this morning Lord turn your light on me not my neighbor not the church down there God turn your light on me Lord because I want to walk out of here this morning in the light as you are in the light. Because I want my fellowship to be with him and I want my fellowship to be with the brethren. And it's the only way that God's going to make that clear in our life. We just stand right now. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. If you would, with me this morning, would just say, Lord, I just want to open for you to submerge all of my being in your light just raise your hands to him right now just raise your hand to him right now Jesus Lord I surrender in a sign of surrender I raise my hands Lord God because we want to walk in the light this is not a suggestion this is something that you have commanded for us to do is to walk in the light as you are in the light. Lord, I pray there's a lot of issues that come up. A lot of us deal with a lot of things. But Lord, shed your light upon it. Lord, shed your light in our life. Lord, may we walk free from all of these things, Lord, and, and begin to dissipate every spot of darkness that might be in us, that we may give you glory and honor for the good work that you're doing in our lives. And we thank you for it, Jesus. Everybody said amen.